You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, I'm Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota, and I'm glad that you've taken some time with us this Easter morning or uh, whatever time it is. Uh, to be encouraged in your faith, to find hope and help when you worship Jesus. So there are so many things we could talk about in the Easter story, and I know that you and I have a limited amount of time, so I just want to welcome you to church. So if we were able to meet in church, we would welcome each other, and we might say, or I would probably say, He is risen, in which you would say, He is risen indeed. So let's try that. He is risen. I can't hear you. Oh, wait. I did that time. All right. He is risen indeed, and we celebrate Christ's resurrection this Easter time. What a great thing to celebrate Christ's resurrection. Uh, Another part of our service would be our meet and greet, but we are forbidden from shaking hands, so we won't shake hands. But uh, if you could, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, uh, just... uh, Go in the chat section and let us know that you're watching. So just give us a shout out. Say, hey, this is fill in your name. Uh, Let us know. Otherwise, a text message or an email, that would be great too. But meet and greet and prayer. Uh, We would pray. Let me pray. Uh, Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you've given us this opportunity and this technology to meet. Lord, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would encourage us and build us up. Lord, I pray for the people that need jobs. I pray for the people that need money. I pray for us to all be healthy, to stay healthy, that you'd heal the sick, that you'd uh, give us a cure for the coronavirus, Lord, that we can go back to parts of our life that we enjoyed, like large group gatherings and hugging and shaking hands and all those things. Lord, we pray that uh, there would be a fix so we wouldn't have to live like this for a long time. Unless it's part of your perfect will, Lord, we are willing to submit to whatever your perfect will is. So we just pray you bless this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we'd have a prayer time. And uh, my message is help and hope when you worship the risen Christ. Help and hope when you worship the risen Christ. You know, worship is an action. Worship is something that we do to pursue Jesus. Uh, We want to know him more. We want to grow in him. We want to follow him. We want to do his will. We want to praise him. We pray for things and then we thank him for answering our prayer, hearing our prayer. So many things in worship, but worship the risen Christ. So uh, I would love to go through each uh, part of the gospel accounts that lead up that lead up to his death his burial his resurrection from the dead and his being seen by so many others uh, but let me just highlight uh, Matthew chapter 26 so Matthew chapter 26 uh, verse 1 uh, it says when Jesus had finished saying all these things he said to his disciples as you know the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified uh, Then, uh, verse 3, then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. So Jesus knew that he was going to be crucified. Jesus knew that was his purpose, to be sacrificed on the cross for the sins of those who would believe upon him. And Jesus knew that was coming. Jesus knew, even 
for the Passover, how it would be set up, uh, Matthew 26, 18 and 19. Uh, Jesus replied to his disciples, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. So Jesus had it set up. He gave them instructions. They followed it. But Jesus knew that he was going to celebrate the Passover, where he was going to celebrate it in the upper room. He had it all worked out. Jesus knew this was going to happen. He wasn't surprised. Matthew 26, 42, uh, Jesus is in the garden and he's praying to the Father that if there's a way to avoid this being crucified, this cup of suffering, that uh, he is uh, good with plan B. Uh, Matthew 26, 42. Uh, he went away a second time and prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And he was committed to follow the Lord's God the Father's will in this crucifixion. Matthew 26, 52. Uh, Judas has betrayed him. They're coming to take him away. And uh, Jesus um, tells Peter to put a sword back in its place because Peter takes out his sword and cuts off the guy's ear and Jesus puts it back on. But anyway, um, Jesus said, For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Uh, then verse 53 in Matthew 26, he says, Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? So Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus went to the cross for me and you and all those who would believe upon him to cover the penalty for our sins, the sins that separate us from God, the sins that required a blood sacrifice to be forgiven. And because what Jesus did on the cross, it is possible for us to be forgiven of the sins that we've committed in the past, the sins that we even commit now or the sins in the future. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Matthew 27, verse 50, Jesus is on the cross. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. It's amazing that Jesus decided that it was time to die. He gave up his spirit. Uh, it was his choice, and he did. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain that separated the temple the Holy of Holies was separated by this curtain. It was like 40 feet high, and it was torn from the top down, signifying that men can have direct access to God now through Jesus. And what an awesome thing, Matthew 27. So let's look at Matthew 28 now. I wanted to highlight some points. I uh, read from a um, expert that when pastors preach into a camera, that their messages should be half as long as they usually are. So uh, hopefully that will happen. But Matthew 28, verse 1, After Sabbath had dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Matthew 28, 1 to 2. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. That is terrifying. That would be scary to see. If you were uh, put in charge of guarding a tomb of a dead guy, you would not expect that at all. But his appearance was like lightning, this angel. Uh, can you imagine just how holy the angel is? Uh, the fear that you would... Uh, anyway, so point number one, uh, worship out of love not fear. So yes, if we don't believe in Jesus, we aren't guaranteed heaven. If we don't believe upon Jesus and receive uh, his sacrifice, his payment for our sin, if we don't believe upon him, if we don't repent of our sin, if we don't follow after the Lord, 
we will be eternally separated from God when we die. And a lot of people are thinking about dying now uh, because they're afraid that they might get the coronavirus or die some other way, or that they're not going to have enough and they're going to starve to death, or they're not going to have enough to pay for everything they need. There's just so many fears. But we should worship the Lord, not out of fear. We should worship the Lord out of love. We should serve the Lord out of love. We should read God's Word out of love because we want to know more and more. We should pray uh, with our needs and then be thankful out of love. We shouldn't try to use God to try to get stuff out of Him, but we should love our Heavenly Father. We should follow after God's will and and, um, give in, uh, obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit when we need to confess sin, when we're being uh, appointed to serve, empowered for ministry. We need to worship out of love, not fear. Uh, The angel said to the women, Matthew 28, 5, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Do not be afraid. There are a lot of things to be afraid of. And the angel said, don't be afraid. And Jesus would want you to not be afraid, to uh, go through this difficulty, to go through this hard time, and know that he is sovereign and in control, and that this could be for good. Worship out of love, not fear. Number two, worship even though they know everything about you. Uh, Matthew 28, 5, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. I know. You know, sometimes I don't want to go places because I'm afraid of what they know. So I got to go to the dentist on the last day that you could go to the dentist because after I went to the dentist, it was like a day or two after that, all of a sudden all the dental offices were closed. And so... They had asked uh, last time I got my teeth cleaned, and I didn't want to tell them because I don't go to the dentist very often. Um, But uh, she's like, don't be afraid. Just tell me so I know how what we're working with here. And I told her, and she's like, oh, that's not that bad. It's not too bad. That long? Oh, this is fine. But don't be afraid, even though they know everything about you. Uh, God knows your heart. God knows your motivations. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything that you're not doing right. And he still is reaching out to you in love. Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to help you overcome these sins, these temptations, these things. We need to worship, even when we're not perfect, even when there's sin in our life. We know there's sin in our life. We should change that, and we should confess that. But we should do everything that we can to worship, even though they know everything about us. The angels know all about us. Um, Are there angels in your room where you are right now? Weird thought, huh? So they know everything about you. And God is reaching out to you in love and offering forgiveness through Christ. Uh, Worship, even though they know everything about you. The angel says, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Uh, I'm sure he knows a lot more too. But we need to do all that we can to worship, even though they know everything about us. Wants to have Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with us. Wants to help us to follow him. Uh, promises to complete the work he's begun in us. Uh, gives us the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, to empower us for ministry, to teach us God's word, to help us to teach others, to live the Christian life, uh, to fight spiritual battles, so many things. So worship. Uh, Number three, worship can take you beyond your expectations. Worship can take you beyond your expectations. 
Your expectations and God's expectations might be totally different. Your expectations were you went to school, you got a degree, you got a job that's supposed to last you the rest of your life. You're supposed to have a steady stream of high income that allows you to live in a certain place and do certain things and save for your retirement where you can die peacefully in your sleep. And God's plan might be to shake up the world and to change the way things are done, to make people more dependent upon him, because we as Christians are going and praying that uh, God would bring a revival, that lost people would get saved, that people would take following the Lord more seriously, that things like sports and all these other things wouldn't get in the way of their relationship with God. And so um, people have a whole lot of time to ponder uh, things because there are no sports, uh, at least not here in Minnesota. Uh, we're all confined to our houses right now until the end of May. No, until not, don't panic, um, until May 4th. So yeah, until the end of April. Nonetheless, uh, worship can take you beyond your expectations. Matthew 28, verse 6. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Uh, you expect when someone is crucified on a cross and goes through all those things, they're going to die and they're not getting up from that. All that blood, all that pain, those nails through the hands and through the feet and that crown of thorns on the head and that spear through the side, that kills people. And you don't expect, if your friend goes through that, that they're coming back. But Jesus, he has risen. And um, a great study to look at, uh, like Evidence Demands a Verdict and all sorts of other uh, great books out there that talk about the proofs of the resurrection. So uh, expectations. So when I was in college many years ago, I went to one school where they had a production. They had a big stage. They had opera crew. They had what they have. They had opera singers. Uh, they had actors, Shakespearean plays, things like that. Anyway, I was on the stage crew. So what we would do is um, in between sets, we would change everything up. So the singers or actresses or whatever, they'd be in one spot, and uh, then the curtain would go down. The lights would fade to black or. Um, We'd go move everything around and then the curtain would open and the lights would come on and it would look totally different. And maybe God is resetting the stage. Maybe Jesus is resetting the stage for the next plan, the next part of his plan for all of us on earth. Maybe he's going to do something amazing to lead up to the time when Jesus returns and those who follow Jesus will be able to spend eternity with him uh, so awesome. And those who rejected Jesus will be eternally separated from him. Um, there will be a terrible time of tribulation, and Jesus will renew the earth and reign on it for a thousand years. According to the Bible, if you look in Revelation chapter 20, it uh, talks a lot about Jesus reigning for a thousand years. And uh, so many things that are totally uh, things that we can't comprehend. Can we comprehend heaven and what that's really like? We will look in Revelation and see what, um, you know, how it's described and things like that. But I can't totally comprehend it. I just know that it's going to be awesome because heaven is wherever the Lord is. And to be with the Lord, that would be awesome. You know, I had heard that uh, or read that two-thirds of people that would give, be given the opportunity to be on a cruise ship wouldn't uh, take it even if it was given for free. And some people think that heaven's a cruise ship. But what if earth is the cruise ship and heaven's the mainland that we so long to get to? What if we're stuck on a sick, sin-laden earth cruise ship? And someday we're going to be able to get off of it and uh, spend eternity the way God had planned without all this sin and difficulty and sadness and sickness and 
Oh, what a great day that would be. But number three, worship can take you beyond your expectations. First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the Spirit. So that means that Christ doesn't need to come and die over and over again for every generation, that it's been done once for all. And his purpose was to bring us to God when we were unrighteous, so that we would become righteous through Christ. So we're positionally righteous uh, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But as we go through life, hopefully we're becoming more and more like Jesus as we grow in him, as we learn. And so um, God had a plan, and that was for Jesus to come and to die for our sin and to rise again to bring us to God. First Peter 3.18. Number four, worship motivates you to learn and grow. Worship motivates you to learn and grow. Matthew 28, uh, verse 6, the second part of it, uh, the angel, say, angel says uh, to Mary and Mary, come and see the place where he lay. So the angel could have said, I said it, you should just believe it. But instead, the angel is like, hey, come check it out. Come see. We want you to see. We want you to experience. We want you to ponder. We want you to look. We want you to uh, learn and when we come into a relationship with Christ, we are given opportunities to learn. We may choose to take that opportunity or we may choose to not. You know, as you sit in your house, if you are stuck, not an essential worker, uh, stuck at home, you have a great opportunity to grow, an opportunity to become more effective, an opportunity to, if you have time, to change things, to fix things, to clean things, to organize things, to grow in new things. Uh, I knew a man who uh, was... Uh, a mechanic or so. Um, he worked at this company and a forklift had fallen over, tipped over, tipped over on its side. And so they were waiting for the inspector, uh, insurance inspector or whatever. And he's like, hey, while it's up on its, while it's on its side, I might as well do some underbody maintenance. <laughs> That's thinking, you know, while you're stuck at home, while you're quarantined, maybe there's things that you can do. That movie Bill Murray was in, Groundhog Day. Uh, he was stuck in the same day over and over and over again. So he just learned new skills each day he was stuck in it. And uh, we need to do that. So if we find ourselves stuck, let it be an opportunity for us to grow. Let us have a vision for the future. Let us plan out our lives of what we're going to do after this. Um, become better people. Uh, continue to serve the Lord. Reach out to each other and love, encourage each other. Um, help others grow with the resources that we have, even though we're not supposed to necessarily get together. So number five, worship moves you to show and tell others. Worship moves you to show and tell others. Matthew 28, verse 7. Uh, the angel says, then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. See, Jesus has got a plan. He's always got a plan. He always knows where he's going. He knows where his followers need to follow him. We can trust him. The angel says, there you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. So, and we need to go quickly and tell. We need to go quickly and tell people about Jesus. We need to help people become disciples, fully devoted followers of Christ, teaching them things that we know about the Lord and helping them to grow. As we teach them, we'll grow also. Grow also. But worship moves us to show and tell others. If you're in Matthew 28 and you skip to verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, 
to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We need to go and tell. We need to make disciples. We need, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to make a difference for eternity in this world. And number six, worship leads you to expect to see and be with Jesus. Uh, Again, a fear of death, a fear of dying. Uh, What comes next? If you are a Christ follower and you've spent time in God's Word, you know that the next thing that will happen if you were to die is you would go straight into the presence of Jesus. So we can have that confidence and that faith and that great expectation. Matthew 28, verse 9. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And we need to do that. And we will do that. What a great day it will be when we actually see Jesus face to face. But worship leads us to expect to see and be with Jesus. So I want to read a story. So Bob Goff, the guy who wrote the book Love Does, uh, uh, made a Donald Miller blog uh, back in 2012. The title was, It's the Journey That Makes Coming Home Sweet. And I want to read that, if that's okay. It's uh, after a long sailboat race. The announcer welcomes the racers home. Ever since he was a kid, Bob Goff had a dream to sail across the Pacific Ocean to Hawaii. So Bob and his four of his buddies entered the Transpac Race, a semi-annual sailboat race from Los Angeles to Hawaii. With limited sailing skills, Bob and his friends loaded their 35-foot sailboat with canned chili and bottled water and set sail for Hawaii. But for Bob and his friends, the most moving part of the journey was the arrival at the finishing line. Bob writes, There's a tradition in the Transpac race, no matter when you finish the race, even if it's two in the morning, when you pull into the Ala, Moana, Marina, and Oahu, there's a guy who announces the name of the boat and every crew member who made the trip. It's the same guy, and he's been announcing each boat's arrival at the end of every Transpac race for decades. Just when we came to the end of our supplies, we sailed across the finish line just off Diamond Head into the marina. It was a few hours before dawn. It had been 16 days since we set out from Los Angeles in our little boat, knowing very little about navigation. Suddenly, the silence was broken by a booming voice over a loudspeaker announcing the name of our tiny boat. Then he started announcing the names of our ragtag crew like he was introducing heads of state. One by one, he announced all of our names with obvious pride in his voice, and it became a really emotional moment for each of us on board. When he came to my name, he didn't talk about how few navigation skills I had or the zigzag course I'd led us in to get there. He didn't tell everyone I didn't even know which way north was or about all my other mess-ups. Instead, he just welcomed me in from the adventure like a proud father would. When he was done, there was a pause, and then in a sincere voice, His last words to the entire crew were these, Friends, it's been a long trip. Welcome home. Bob writes, Because of the way he said it, we all welled up and fought back tears. I wiped my eyes as I reflected in that moment about all the uncertainty that had come with the journey, all of the sloppy sailing and how little I knew. But none of that mattered now because we had completed the race. I've always thought that heaven might be that kind of similar experience. 
After we each cross the finish line in our lives, I imagine it will be like floating into the Hawaiian marina when our names were announced, one by one, at the end of our lives, after our many mistakes and mid-course corrections, our loving Heavenly Father will simply say, Friends, it's been a long trip. Welcome home. In John 16:33, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus also says in Matthew 24, 14, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So Jesus is working out his plan. And we may come to the end of our lives unexpectedly and get a welcome home. Uh, We might live longer than we expect to and get a welcome home. We might go through all sorts of difficulties and hardships and be greatly used of God and get a warm welcome home. But the hope of Easter remains. Watch this video clip. Living with uncertainty can take its toll. The normal day-to-day is replaced with fear, worry, doubt. When our normal is disrupted, our surroundings begin to feel weak. Foundations begin to rattle. Our lives become disoriented. As time goes on, we begin to lose sight of the one constant on our journey. Jesus. The fear is consuming. The worry, draining. The doubt, painful. Even in our darkest moments, when the last thread of hope has unraveled from our being, we must dwell on truth. We must remember, no matter what is happening around us, God is still sovereign. Today, let us dwell on the truth of Easter. The stone has been rolled away. The grave has been rendered powerless. Death has transformed to life. In our fear, He is still risen. In our worry, He is still victorious. In our doubt, He is still alive. When everything seems hopeless, the hope of Easter remains. Wow, wasn't that a good video? All right, uh, one more passage, Acts 1, 9 through 11. So Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. So after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. So the disciples around him, the people around him got to see Jesus ascend into heaven. Actually, if you go to Right Now Media and you watch the um, new Francis Chan um, video clips that are just recently put up there on Good Friday, and um, I think it's Good Friday and Easter, uh, he talks about this. But anyway, um, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight, and they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going Then suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So Jesus is going to return. What an exciting time. 
that will be. So would you um, say the and mean the traditional Lord's Prayer with me? But before we do that, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, God's plan uh, that's laid out in Romans and other parts of the New Testament is that you would admit that you are a sinner because we all sin and sin is doing anything against God and sin separates us from God. We're all sinners. Uh, that we admit that we're sinners and believe upon Jesus. We are to believe that Jesus lived and died on the cross and rose again and was seen by others and ascended into heaven and is coming back. And uh, that enters, opens the door for us to enter into a personal relationship with him. A great way to do that, to acknowledge your belief in Jesus, is to pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you. And Something like that. If we can help you grow in your faith, please let us know. Uh, you can go to riverrockchurch.com and find our contact information. That would be so helpful. So, all right. Let's, uh, if you want to look at the screen, great. Otherwise, um, I'll close my eyes. But you'll probably be seeing the screen. All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Be blessed, and we hope to see you next week. Actually, it'd be great if we could like, see you in person. If you would like me to uh, contact you, let me know. Uh, my contact information is there. We thank you so much that you have taken time. Uh, another thing that you could do that would be really helpful is if you could help support us and keep the ministry going through uh, giving, uh, riverrockchurch.com slash give. You can give online. You can give by text. You can give by mailing to the P.O. Box, P.O. Box 184. Uh, if you're on Facebook, I think there might be a donate button there. You can give that way. But anyway, um, if you could help us financially uh, keep the ministry moving forward, that would be a great thing. And giving is an act of worship. So um, anyway, that's all I have. I hope to see you again next week. Peace in Christ. Happy Easter. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.